Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Thursday, May 11th. Hope your week's going well. We um, had a mixed day yesterday. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us here in just a few minutes. Hey, before we do that, though, let's not forget that uh, in this world we live, there are so many things that, uh, guess what, we can't control them. But your portfolio, you can control the amount of risk you have. You need to know what that risk is, and you need to know what your risk should be and what it should line up to be. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 for our core retirement design, which starts with the core retirement analysis. That will help you be on the right track for the retirement you always dreamed of. And with that, we got Dave coming up next. Why aren't you a millionaire? <laughs> Eight forty-one now. It's uh, nineteen before nine. Time check it on money and see what the Sam Hill is going on on Wall Street. It's government data dump day, and we got a pile of them. Let's digest things together with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Service, who is on the phone today. Philip, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, David. Doing well today, as this week is getting close to uh, to winding down. We're finally getting closer to Friday, and that means we've got a pile of stuff to talk about. First of all, let's, uh, let's set the table, because yesterday was another one of those uneventful days on Wall Street. The uh, Dow ended up down a rock-crushing nine one-hundredths of a percent, down $30.48. Uh, S&P was up by about a half a percent, up 18.5. NASDAQ actually did take a move, went up by 127 points, and I noticed that the, uh, the Russell 2000 also also was up by a half a percent. Evidently, the uh, news that we actually could have inflation kind of sort of halfway heading toward being under control wasn't bad for the interest-sensitive stocks, was it? No, it wasn't. Um, you know, that would be some really some good news if we can think that, hey, rate hikes have stopped and uh, companies like NASDAQ company stocks, those are going to benefit uh, probably the most. Absolutely. And today we start out the lead with the producer price price index. Yesterday we were pretty much on target with the uh, the consumer price index. Means our inflation rate is slowing by a little bit. The producer price index seems to almost confirm that year over year they expected a two and a half percent increase in the producer price index. That's wholesale inflation. We ended up getting two point three percent. The uh, fly in the ointment is the core that gets rid of the unstable stuff that goes up and down. And we were expecting 3.3% inflation annually. It comes in at 3.4%. But it's still a small miss on one side and a better miss on the uh, to the good side on the overall number. It just kind of confirms that, okay, we're getting inflation drawing down a little bit. It's just not going down to flat dead even as fast as we want it to. But, I mean, 3%, the target is 2%, at least gets into the zip code anyway, doesn't it? Well, it, it does. And in both cases, especially the core, it's going the right direction, right? Because that number in April was 3.6%. Um, yeah. Or the prior period was it was 36 So, hey, if we're down to 34 at least we're we're heading in the right direction. 
and that, that you know, baby steps in the right direction, which kind of sort of gets into, you know, that question. I mean, going down gradually gives us a better chance of that soft landing that the uh, Fed has been talking about. And uh, you found a news item that said the Bank of England is thinking about the same thing. We're heading toward that soft landing, which I was flippantly saying, I almost believe the European banks more than I do our central bank, just on the grounds they got a better track record of reading the tea leaves. Yeah, they do. And that, now they did increase their interest rates over in England, the Bank of England did, by a quarter of a point. Um, and I didn't read the whole report as to whether they think that's the end of it or not. But but they are looking ahead and they've come out and said, you know, I, we, we think we're going to miss a recession, which um, is pretty optimistic in their mind. Absolutely. And the fear that you and I have been expressing for a long time with that spate of rapid rate increases that we've had, the risk of a Volcker-style recession like we had in 81 is not unheard of at that kind of a steep rise in interest rates. We don't know what's going to happen, but the indications at the very least looking at this slow drawing down of the inflation rate at least gives us at least some hope of something resembling a soft landing. Uh, the other measurement the Fed watches is unemployment, and we got first-time unemployment claims. I did not see the continuing claim number come out yet, but the uh, weekly unemployment claims, first-time claims, 264,000 last week. Step number one, that gets it above the number that you consider a normally functioning economy. But secondly, it's the highest number of first-time unemployment claims we've seen since October of last year. And if you're looking for an indication that the employment market is slowing up a little bit, I think you got it. Yeah, I do. I, I think that's, um, uh, you know, it's bad news, but it's good news, right? When it comes to uh, the Fed getting that unemployment rate up to where it um, it really needs to be, right? Because wage inflation is one of the things that drives the whole inflation boat. And so if we can get that wage inflation under control, that will be a huge step towards bringing inflation down. Absolutely. And some of the herky-jerky moves that we've had over the last week or so, largely generated by the fact that we had a pleasant surprise from the, uh, empl from the employee's perspective, unpleasant surprise for what the Fed's looking for on the monthly unemployment rate. So an indication now that at the very least employment growth is slowing down and stabilizing, that that's yeah, on a macro basis is good news. I always have to couch it by saying if you're one of the people that are among that 264,000, it's bad news. But for the economy as a whole, it's the direction we need to go. It, it is. And the 264 that lost their jobs, uh, there may not be the perfect job out there for them, but there's a job out there, right? At least uh, the JOLS report still says that, you know, we got like 9 million job openings out there. I was going to say, I think we've got something still like seven and a half or eight jobs for every person that's looking for a job. And as you say, it may not match what your skills and your desires are, but there is a job out there. And then the economy, as it sifts and winnows its way down, you can get back into what you really would rather be doing. I, that's the closest I can give to a, putting a silver lining on a gray cloud if you're one of those 264,000. Well, that's right. And so and that's and that's the key is that there's there's jobs out there and, and we will eventually, you know, what you like to do will come back open. Um, so, it, it, you know, jobs are what they are. And we continue to hear that we need um, less of them in order to bring this um, inflation under control. Now, I would say here in Florida, I mean, it's probably a little bit different mode than what you're seeing nationwide, just because 
we still have more and more people moving into our area from those high tax states. And so um, our economy is going to benefit from that um, going forward. And we've been staying well below the national unemployment rate in Florida now for quite a few months as it goes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the public reaction is because we're going to get a consumer sentiment number out tomorrow morning sometime during the day. Uh, I found a tidbit that says, you know, they're taking public opinion polls just like they do the presidential tracking poll. Gallup says that just 36% of adults in the U.S. have either a fair or a great deal of confidence in Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve. 54% have only a little or almost no confidence in him. If I were uh, waiting for the consumer sentiment report to come out tomorrow, I would not think that's a particularly good harbinger of what kind of number we're going to get. No, me either. And at least that comes out at 10 o'clock tomorrow. So we won't get to talk about that till Monday. Um, but but it is going to be interesting to, uh, what that number comes out at. The, only th- the other thing we have coming out tomorrow, which I think will be uh, somewhat important, is import the uh, import price index comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They're expecting it to go up by three-tenths of a percent, which would be above the inflation rate. So if it's a little less than that, we consider it continued good news. Earnings season continues, and one of the biggest names in the state of Florida released its numbers yesterday at the at the end of the day. How did Disney do? So Disney basically um, came in kind of as expected. You know, they 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 came in in line for the most part. However, if you if you really tranche through um, their different um, parts of their business, uh, their theme parks had a huge increase this quarter um a, a big big increase good news for the parks um but their streaming service not so good um the the indication was that the expectation was for a one percent increase in subscribers to their disney plus service and instead they got a two percent decline in Oops. subscriptions so uh so that that hurt them um, I, I will say that that overall they came in as expected at 93 cents a share. Revenue was basically in line with expectations too. Uh, but obviously, because of those subscriber numbers, which is a ongoing revenue stream, uh, they are trading down today almost six percent. Yeah, and that also kind of explains why they announced also yesterday evening that they're now going to combine Disney Plus and Hulu into one subscription basis, which might save some uh, streaming customers some money and inflate their subscriber numbers. Well, it could very well. And then there's folks like me who don't really care about Disney Plus who have Hulu that might have to find another alternative if the price goes up too much. (laughs) Yeah, there's two sides to every coin, isn't there? There is. There absolutely is. And, And Disney is also putting pressure on the Dow 30. Um, today, this morning. I'm kind of seeing some red that might explain it. Other reports of interest. So a couple other household names that uh, have been in the news over the last couple of years, one of them being Robinhood, um, you know, the the investment firm or platform that folks can use to uh, buy and sell uh, stocks and crypto and other things. So uh, they did beat on revenue for the first quarter. Um, but pretty good, actually, by almost over $20 million. And they also showed uh, monthly users uh, a big increase there as well. And so they're hitting up today 
4.6% this morning, Dave. Ooh, that's good yeah. news. We did. And then Sonos, Sonos, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're a, a home sound system. Um, we actually have one here in our office that we play our radio in our reception area for. But they, uh, not so good for them. They had a much wider than expected loss for this most recent quarter. And then you add on top of that, that they cut their outlook for the second half of the year. Um, and so that uh, hurt them pretty bad. They're down actually 21% this morning. Ouch. Yeah. But I, did, I, I guess more people are just streaming what they like on their computers instead of counting on office sound systems. Huh? I, I guess, or they've already bought what they need and they don't need any more. Um, that too, it's the, a long-term you know, investment. I mean, you don't it replace is. it every year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had mine for six years now. It still works fine. So, um, hey, two more I have that are that are of interest. Tapestry is the one of them, and that's retail. That's uh, Coach, Kate Spade, you know, those high-end luxury fashion items. Um, they did really well. Um, they beat estimates by about 18 cents a share. Um, revenue came in by, oh, about a tenth of a billion more than expected. And so uh, they are seeing some big numbers today, up 9%. Cool. One more. All right. The last one I'm going to give you is Beyond Meat. Popular name. Um, (laughs) uh, They had better than expected quarterly reports. Um, They lost 92 cents a share instead of a a dollar a share, which I guess that's good news, right? Um, Revenue was up about $2 more than expected. Um, and, but they're still heading down today about to well, about 1.7%. Somebody must have tried him. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Resetting the t- I'm sorry. Veggie burgers do nothing for me on principle. Uh, it was a weird day yesterday. The blue chips were down, but the adventurous growth stocks generally up. 45 minutes before we opened this morning. How are we looking today, Philip? Kind of a mixed boat today, Dave. We got the Dow again, I think probably because of Disney, heading down about four-tenths of a percent. S&P 500 is pretty close to being even. It's down less than a tenth of a percent. And actually, the NASDAQ 100 is up a quarter of a percent this morning. The Russell 2000 is getting hit a little bit down about a half a percent. Uh, On the other side of the coin, silver is getting beat up this morning again, down 2%. Um, so it closed down yesterday below 26, and now it's about 25 10, $25.10 an ounce right now. Gold's up slightly about a quarter of a percent. And crude oil, nice deal, sliding down today about 1.1% to $71.78. And I noticed that uh, gas dropped 10% overnight. I'm not 10%, I wish 10%, 10 cents overnight. Ooh, why did I fill up yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> My timing ain't good. Overseas markets, Asia, the Asian rim was fractionally off at the close this morning. Europe is uh, kind of herky-jerky all over the place, but it's generally got a red tinge on the European community markets this morning. Keeping tabs on retirement? Need some advice? You need it from a pro. How do I find you to get that advice, Philip? Dave, you know, these are exact reasons that we created the retire- the core retirement design. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to schedule your 30-minute, no obligation, phone conversation where you can ask whatever questions you'd like. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM.
Hey, and one more time for the week tomorrow morning with you and me here on Light. Philip, I appreciate it. I'll see you then. All right, man. You have a great day. Thank you. Take care. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Have a great day. Join us again tomorrow, same time, same place. Until then, have a great one. Bye now.